From Walking in Grace, this is the Straight Truth Podcast, Christian truths in an increasingly secular world. Pastor, you wrote a book on pastoral preaching. In it, you uh, really hone in on this concept of the pastor as shepherd and what the task of shepherding actually is. And I wonder if you could just talk about that a little bit. Why is a pastor a shepherd? What does what the, the Bible call the pastor a shepherd? Jesus is the great shepherd, overseer of our souls. And, uh, and what does that really communicate to a church, the pastor taking on this, this, uh, this metaphor, this idea of being a shepherd of the sheep? Yeah, the reason why we use that terminology, first of all, our Lord and Savior is the great shepherd of the sheep. He's the chief shepherd of the church. This is biblical terminology. Mm-hmm. And then the Bible, you, the, the Bible, the, the word we translate pastor is a, a word for shepherd. So th- that's what we're called in the New Testament. So those who are elders, th- these are interchangeable terms, elder, overseer, shepherd, pastor. These are the terms used for the men who, who lead the church in the New Testament. So what I did in the book is just go through Old and New Testament and, and take note of the biblical instances where God refers to those who are preaching His Word or leading His, His people in, in, using that analogy. They're, they're like shepherds to a flock. And so the church is compared to a flock and the leaders are compared to shepherds. So that's why the term, terminology is used. The reason why it's important is it conveys several things. It conveys the humility of the office. Shepherds were not highly thought of. They were not mm. exalted figures. And so it speaks of the fact that we humbly serve the one who owns the flock, and mm. it's not us. The Lord mm. Jesus Christ bought his people with his own blood. They belong to him, and so we and we belong to him. We're sheep as well as shepherds at the same time. So. It's a good reminder to us of what our, our task is, which is to humbly serve the one who owns the sheep, and uh, we serve them with his word. One of the things that, that Jesus said to Peter, as he gives Peter three opportunities to affirm his love, where three times he had denied the Lord Jesus, three times he tells Peter to take care of his sheep. He uses that mm-hmm. analogy, to feed them, to shepherd them, shepherd the flock. So. It speaks of our role of teaching the Word of God, feeding the sheep of God, guiding the people of God. All these things are wrapped up in the idea of, of shepherding. Also speaks of the need for courage. Shepherds had to defend flocks against wolves, yeah, yep. and we as pastors are called to, to do that. So that's the reason for the emphasis. It speaks of love for the people of God. The shepherds put their lives on the, on the line, risked their lives at times. Good shepherds did to defend the flock when needed. So we're, we're to love the people of God. We don't serve them in some superficial way. We serve them in a way where our hearts are, are uh, knit together with theirs. They're our brothers and sisters in Christ. As, uh, so, so we bear that in mind as we, as we take care of them. I would say though, I think sometimes uh, young men especially tend to think of their role and of the church only making use of one analogy that the New Testament gives us. So we're not just shepherds. There's all, we're also called elders. And in that word is the idea of maturity. So spiritual maturity is needed. There's a, a wisdom that ought to, ought to be being developed in us over time. And then we are like house managers. We are overseers of what belongs to God, his household. And so there's even um, 
an oversight management aspect to what we do as we as we facilitate ministry. So all three terms are used to refer to the one mm. one man, to the one office. Mm-hmm. And, and so you need all three terms to really have a, um, a well-rounded, you know, holistic view of what we're called to do. Mm. I'm thinking a couple of times in the Old Testament, Jeremiah, Ezekiel 34, where there are these false shepherds uh, in Israel and um, that have um, led the people, the sheep, the Israelites astray. Are the shepherds sometimes the wolves, or yeah, they allow for sure. the wolves in? Yeah, they're a false shepherds. In what way? Um, they can be false shepherds in the in the realm of doctrine, hmm. teaching things as truth that are not true, mm-hmm. and that's always that element's always there when the other things I'm going to mention are, are present as well. False shepherds in the sense of their ambitions, their motivations. Uh, do you, are, are you really doing this for the glory of God and for the good of God's people? Or are you doing this for yourself? So false shepherds are pictured in the Word of God as preying upon people. Right? They're, they're making a meal of sheep instead of defending them, enriching themselves, feeding themselves instead of feeding the flock. So that's an element in, in, in false shepherds. Even there's an attitude present in false shepherds that, that ought not to be present in us. So love is absent. Gentleness is absent. Patience is absent. Mm. And so instead of leading the flock, you uh, false shepherds tend to dominate them. Mm. And we're specifically exhorted against that in First Peter 5, that we're to be examples to the flock, but we're not to, uh, you know, we don't drive the sheep. We, we lead them, and we lead them by modeling the things that we are asking them to do. We, we teach the truth, and we're to model the truth. And that, that involves our whole lives, including our attitudes toward them. Mm. So false shepherds are false in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And false shepherds are not genuine believers. They're is, apostates. Is feeding sheep the task of preaching and teaching? Yes. Feeding, equipping mm. would be a, another way you could say that. So it's not just satisfying a need in the moment. Mm. It's satisfying a need with the future in mind. So in Ephesians 4, when you read where God gave gifted men to his church, the passage goes on to, to speak of a unity that's found in the truth, found in the knowledge of Christ. And specifically we're told so that the church won't be a tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Mm. So mature manhood includes stability in the truth. So you're teaching not just for today, you're teaching for tomorrow. You're teaching for three years from now. And so as a church grows up under the sound teaching of the Word of God from its elders in every aspect of the life of the church, not just from the pulpit, what happens with the church is maturity and the result of maturity is stability. And so yes, you're feeding, but you're also protecting, Mm -hmm. guarding, equipping, preparing, fortifying, preserving. God uses His Word in all those ways in the lives of his people as faithful elders teach the truth. Mm. And uh, is all shepherding um, under shepherding from the great and good shepherd? Yeah, absolutely. So we're all under shepherds. Everybody is an under shepherd and even the way we handle the word of God ought to reflect that. We've described it this way before. You're not standing on the scriptures as you preach or teach. You're standing under the scriptures. Mm -hmm. So we're all submitted to the chief shepherd. In that sense, we're all under shepherds. 
again, using the analogy of shepherding from that day and age, you would have someone who owned the sheep and then he would hire people who shepherded them in a, in a, you know, in a hands-on way, in a more practical way. They didn't own the sheep. They were mm-hmm. serving the one who owned them. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the, the picture we have in the New Testament church. We don't own the people. Mm. We are one of the people. We belong mm-hmm. to Jesus just like they do. And so what we're striving to be are faithful servants of the one who owns us all, mm. who bought us all with his own blood, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So, have we lost the sense, I guess, in America, we don't think uh, shepherds too often here, yeah. maybe at least in, no, we don't. in Texas, of course, they exist, um, but maybe in different ways than, than what did in the first century and even before that. Um, have we lost a sense of what shepherding really is because we've lost the uh, visual analogy, which is so, uh, you know, in their culture, they could see it every day. You could just look out the window and probably see shepherds outside. And in some cultures today in the world, certainly there is that. But we don't really have that in an industrial American culture like that. Yeah, I think you make a good point. I, I, think, I think it would have been easier for them to immediately identify with the analogy because they saw it every day. But I think the average person, you could ask them what it would have meant to be a shepherd and they would have some concept of it. I think what, what we've lost more, Josh, in my opinion, is we live in a culture that exalts people in ways that are not fitting for men in ministry. And I'm afraid we're more influenced mm. by a celebrity culture mm. than by the scriptures. So I don't know that it's so mm. much because we've lost touch with shepherding as we've lost touch with humility. <laughs> we've lost touch with, let's, let's think about it this way. If I didn't know anything about shepherding, but I really imbibed all of the attitudes taught in the New Testament about what it means to be a follower of Christ, the humility, the mm. patience, the gentleness, the hard work, the motives, the ambitions, I, I would be a good shepherd, mm. not knowing anything about shepherding. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that it's, mm. that we've lost touch with the analogy so much as we, we've, we're losing touch at times with what it means to follow Christ in service. Mm-hmm. Slavery is another comparison made in the New Testament. We are mm-hmm. slaves of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It's the most glorious slavery that's ever existed. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but, but nonetheless, do we see ourselves as, as under rowers? Do mm-hmm. we see ourselves as, as uh, men who are privileged to belong to one whom now we serve? Mm-hmm. And uh, do we really believe that the greatest among us will be the servant of all? Mm-hmm. Do we see our Lord washing the feet of his disciples and say, that's what I'm called to do? So I think that's probably where the disconnect is. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Straight Truth Podcast. Now, Straight Truth is listener supported. So if you'd like to find out ways how you can help us to continue to produce this podcast, you can go to our website and find out ways to do that, straighttruth.net. At that website, you'll also find links to all of our previous episodes and our social media channels, so be sure to check it out. Straight Truth is a production of Walking in Grace Ministries, the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Richard Caldwell. For more information, go to walkingingrace.org.